Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. Today I'm interviewing Matt Belair. Matt is an author, athlete, coach, and speaker who's on a mission to empower people to master their mind, body, and spirit to make the world a better place. Welcome, Matt. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we have already had a great conversation. So before we let the listeners in on it, can you share a little bit about your background? Sure. Yeah. You asked me to share some about my travels. And so I'll share as as succinctly as I can. When I was uh, younger, I just loved martial arts and I would watch these uh, Kung Fu movies and they were breaking bricks and flying around and doing all this kind of stuff. And I was kicking things and wearing a bandana and doing all that kind of fun stuff. (laughs) Um, And But right away, I was taught about mind, body, spirit, right? I understood that there was some sort of mental power that had to come from breaking bricks. It wasn't just my mind. And I was just a kid. And so, you know, I was an athlete and um, and in my teenage years, I started skateboarding and snowboarding, but I also started researching about consciousness. So meditation I was doing from martial arts. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I, I started to do meditation on my own. Um, and then I started to read books on consciousness and uh, lucid dreaming and altered states and anything that would give me like this mental edge. And being an athlete, I would apply it to my skateboarding and I'd apply it to my snowboarding and hockey and, and different things like that. And so... Um, when I was ready for college, uh, I graduated college and I was like, I want to go out West and snowboard. And so when I went out West, I became an international snowboard coach, uh, mostly based out of Whistler and uh, just continued researching everything, um, you know, mindset or positive psychology or really out there woo woo stuff. I was into it. You know, I was Aww. so curious about the limits to human potential. What was I capable of and how do I achieve my highest potential? And also like, what are humans capable of? You know, like what are the limits to this? If, if people are doing um, these mind blowing or impossible things. And so when I felt I was done snowboarding, which was about eight years in Whistler, um, I wanted to travel and I, I wanted to immerse myself in the best, uh, you know, in the best scenario that I could of people who were actually superhuman. And so I ended up going to Thailand and I trained with uh, professional MMA fighters. I've been a martial artist my whole life. So, you know, I want practical fighting skills. So you may as well fight with the best. And then I, um, I went to Cambodia where I wrote my book, Zen Athlete. And the idea behind that was I wanted to share to the youth of the world, um, Trojan horse self-mastery. So if you tell a 15-year-old kid to meditate, he probably is not going to do it. But if you can tell them that it's going to make them a better athlete, they're going to be open to uh, meditation, to mindset, to visualization, and to to experiment with that kind of thing. And so that was my thought because when I was teaching snowboarding, it was so shocking to me. People didn't know the basics of what I knew from, you know, my teenage years and even younger than that from martial arts about visualization, about intention, about uh, internal dialogue, about centering yourself, about quieting your mind. This, this wasn't a common thing. And I thought that that was so weird that people didn't know this. So yeah. I just decided to share it. Um, and then uh, I went and trained, uh, I meditated with monks and tre- trek Mount Everest uh, where I almost died. Uh, thankfully I did it. Oh, and goodness. one of my, like, yeah, one of my five near death experiences, I think now, um, oh. but uh, still kicking. And uh, then what? Then training with uh, Shaolin 
monks. I, I trained with 34th generation Shaolin masters that could do um, those impossible things like break stone and break brick and do all those incredible things that you see on TV. And what I learned in my search over the years is that people use um, tricks. They deceive you. They say you're, they're using some sort of mental power, but they're actually not. And I call that black magic. They'll say, oh, I'm breaking this brick, but it's a faulty brick or I'm breaking this and there's actually some sort of trick to it. So I want to make sure there's no trick. And there, there wasn't. It was uh, years of training and internal and external mastery. So it was really profound. And then, you know, beyond that, I ended up traveling to about 25, 30 countries. I trained with three different indigenous elders uh, intensely, one Mayan elder, one Zuni elder, and one Mi'kmaq elder, and uh, learned some incredibly fascinating history. They all have a 20,000-year history. Uh, they told me some of their uh, secret ancient teachings. Um, they don't share them so much with the non-natives anymore because of the history and the relationship, um, but yeah. very few will, will share, and it's a very interesting dynamic. And so hopefully... As we move forward as a culture, we can heal that relationship because they have incredible knowledge that is incredibly paramount right now for, for what's going on in the world. They have the solutions for what's ha happening right now, um, but we are so stuck in this materialistic society that we were resistant to get back to grounded fundamentals on how to be human and how to interact with nature and, and live in peace and harmony with ourselves and also our communities. And so that's what I can say in a nutshell. <laughs> Whoa. What, what an amazing life already that you've had. <laughs> Thank and you. There's many yeah, more years, fun. right? What's that? <laughs> and you still have many more years of awesome fun. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. Wow. So um, I'm just amazed uh, <laughs> and almost speechless here. But can you share with us then, what are some high level tips for becoming a Zen athlete? Yeah. So, you know, the Zen athlete, when I wrote that, it, it was all about self-mastering peak performance, right? What is, what is the model for self-mastery? And the thing is, anybody can apply this to anything. You could be uh, a Zen entrepreneur. You can be a Zen artist. You can be any, you can apply it to absolutely anything. And it is the fundamentals for self-mastery. So the first and the most important thing is where are you going and, and what is your reason for doing it? And so, you know, when I was learning about law of attraction, I was mentored by uh, Michael Lowe who wrote the book, uh, The Law of Attraction, The Science of Getting uh, More of What You Want and Less of What You Don't. And I liked it because it was based off neuro-linguistic programming because mm -hmm. um, that's a fantastic uh, you know, field of study. If people haven't gone into it, I highly recommend uh, reading a basics book of, of that and you'll really understand how your mind works and how you can create patterns in your subconscious mind and all of that kind of stuff. But what was missing in all of this was your heart-centered vision. So I'll give you the outline of, um, you know, peak performance in simple principles or pillars, how I laid it out. Um, you've got goal setting, dedication, focus, meditation, visualization, belief, simulation, and fitness and nutrition. And in the middle, I put Zen or focus or enlightenment or whatever you want. Those are all the pillars. So if you're, if they're at least standing, right? And you don't let one fall right to the bottom, you're going to be doing pretty good. But the key is what are you focusing on and why? And that's where people really struggle. They, they don't really, they say, oh, you know, you do the law of attraction, but what do you want? You want a house and you want a car, you want this business, you want this thing. People aren't connected to their true um, inner self, their soul or what they came here to do. And if you can apply this model to who you truly are, 
that to me is how you live a, a really extraordinary life where you're going to leave a legacy that you're proud of because when you die, you're the only one who's going to hold up that mirror to yourself. And you'll know if you compromised who you are. And that's one of the things I think we that happens here is we so often compromise ourselves little by little to the point where we don't even know who we are what we yeah. want. And I would, when I would travel, I'd ask people, you know, what would you do if you had a million dollars every day? What would you do if you could do anything? And they're like, you know, I never thought about that. But then on the other side, when you travel, you have people exploring that too. So there's kind of like two worlds of people asking that question and engaging it and then creating their reality deliberately. And then you have people who are kind of creating their reality by default. It's just what their culture, it, you know, is going on, whatever city and their friends are up to and their parents decided all those kind of factors they didn't go and do that self inquiry and so that's where i feel like if you can just do that do a very um intense and honest self inquiry of who you are and what's most important to you and then it the techniques are great and they're going to be helpful but they're they're also just like at the same time unnecessary because if you've got yeah. that connection within yourself you are gonna find the answers but these these techniques will help make it a lot easier i can assure you <laughs> so yeah yeah it's like uh it's uh, for some reason what was coming up for me is focusing on that root instead of the uh the, the symptoms really yep. yeah yep. getting to that root which actually brings us to i believe soul compass but before we get into that just a quick question what is the difference between vision and simulation yeah. Okay. So you, I come from the athletic background, right? And yeah. so when I started teaching snowboarding, it was hilarious to me that at that time they didn't even do any kind of physical training. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was so old school back then. Now they do everything. And so if you want to do a backflip, simulate the backflip, um, you know, on a jump. So how can you simulate the success that you want? So if you're in business, you could start with um, seeing who is successful in the field that you uh, want to create that, right? And you can simulate that by going into the stores. You can do it by, you know, visualization and simulation are, are very similar. You can just go through the actions of what would you actually have to do. So there's a tremendous power in just going through those motions with your body. If you want ah. to buy a car or go to these places, how can you simulate in the realest way possible the thing that you want to create? So in sport, it's quite easy. Um, one of the ways, like I said, is visualization. Um, sometimes it's trampoline, right? Because it's the same movement. Sometimes yeah. you have to be a little bit creative. So one of the other strategies I used to do is I'd say, oh, I want to achieve this goal in business, but I never could. You'd be like, okay, well, who has done that? You say, oh, well, so-and-so has done that. I'm like, okay, well, just imagine your so-and-so creating your business. Can you imagine it now? And they would say, yeah. And when I worked with athletes, they'd say, oh, I can't imagine a backflip or I can't imagine a double backflip. And I worked with Olympic athletes and pro athletes. Um, you know, one of my athletes landed the world's first front flip heel clicker and world's first front flip Superman on a motorcycle after we did <laughs> one session and he fell on a motorcycle jump. Um, but he applied these techniques immediately because in sports, you have an immediate reality check, a consequence if you're not prepared. In regular life, you don't have that harm. So you might not be as motivated to add these mental practices, but an athlete is. Same with basketball. They're more motivated because they want to be better. But if they miss the basketball shot, they're not going to break both their legs simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. In sports, you might. 
So they yeah. apply this better and more willingly than any other uh, type of person. And as well as people who are in disease, um, you know, there are stories from Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, from Dr. Bruce Lipton's work, from my podcast, where people have healed themselves of terminal illnesses through using a combination of clean food, clean water, de-stress de and visualization. And I say to people, you know, visualization and understanding the mindset and what your body's capable of, it doesn't guarantee success, but it massively increases the probability of your success. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I was just trying to think because I've been so focused on visioning that I forgot there's that now that simulation component, which I've used as an athlete as well as like a professional speaker, like simulating, you know, giving that big speech with body movements and muscle memory and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Got a big speech, right? You go into the forest, pretend people are there, right? And you give the speech. Perfect exactly. example. Yeah. <laughs> So your brain doesn't know the difference when there's, you know, 500 people, thousand people out there. <laughs> Exa yep, exactly right. Yeah, cool. So then let's talk about the root part of all this, which I'm assuming is uh, the, the basis behind soul compass. Yeah. So, you know, the soul compass for me was, again, like dealing with so many different clients over the years and everyone just kind of saying the same thing. I don't know what my life purpose is or what I want to do. And um, for me, it was I, so many coaching sessions I do with people. We figure it out in the first hour. They're like, oh, you know, if we could go through this coaching and I knew what that was, um, you know, then I would be incredibly satisfied and, you know, really happy and over the moon. And I, what I tell people is it's not complicated to know what your life purpose is because it's a direction. It is not a final destination. So you can figure out what the coordinates are and what the markers are and know if you're going in that direction because it will always expand and unfold with your capabilities. The problem is we don't go through that thought process. So it's actually not that complicated. And so the soul compass is just a quick, simple, and easy and foolproof guide for understanding and knowing what your life purpose and direction is. And so I call it soul compass because you know, when you're making daily decisions, if you're on track, if you're on target, target or if you're off target. And so when you ask someone, you know, what would you do if you were retired and you could do anything? What would you do if you were living your life purpose without bounds? What would that be? Well, our minds are designed to keep us safe. And so to keep us safe, we need to eat. And for us to eat, we need money. We need the coupons. So when I ask someone that question, the mind wants to keep us safe. So it will distort the answer to keep our body safe. It's an interesting thing. But yeah. in in um, a meditative state, I had one friend of mine who's so analytical, he's not going to be able to answer the question. So I ended up just doing a guided uh, meditation, which is meditation, is hypnosis. It's all the same stuff. Um, I hypnotize him in his heart. But what it does is it just gives you a lens of seeing things. So the same example where if my snowboard athlete could couldn't imagine doing a double backflip. I'd say, well, just imagine you're Mark McMorris, right? Now visualize the double backflip. And they could because they, they, they went into the inner filter and they changed the lens. So your heart, when you go through and ask all those questions and you change the lens, it's going to give you a very different answer that is not connected to scarcity or self-preservation. It's going to be connected to uh, universal power and spirit and infinity, knowing you're eternal and that you will be taken care of in this pursuit because the universe wants you to be uniquely you. And so I kind of combined the soul compass with the quantum heart hypnosis. And so when I first did that uh, experience for a friend of mine, which was just an off the top guided meditation, I realized that there was no other meditation out there like this because 
any, any meditation or hypnosis or something out there, I'm trying it. I'm doing it. You know, I was mentored <laughs> by um, the late Dr. Scott Lewis in, in hypnosis and he had the longest running show in Vegas. And it's, it's actually a very simple thing. Once you demystify it, there's nothing crazy about it. It's just learning how to quiet your mind and imprint an image in your mind and then adding feeling and emotion right? But we're not trained to do that. So it feels foreign, but it's a very simple practice. And if you do those two things, you'll go from, oh, I'm not really sure what to do to, oh, wow, I have a clear direction. I know where I want to go. But now the challenge is enduring, is creating life deliberately is, is challenging because if you create life by default, by what people want for you, what, what's safe, well, you know what you're going to get paid at that nine to five job. You know what you're going to get paid when you do these things that are all certain. But does that fill up your soul? Is that who you uniquely are? And you don't have to just um, exit it all. Pretty much everyone that I've worked with has quit their job, but they they know when it's they're ready to take that leap and everything's all set up because now they're just changing the direction of their life. So if you're a boat on the on the ocean, right, you're just kind of going with the current, but you start paddling in your own way through understanding your values, what's most important to you, what you're curious about, and you start engaging. Well, with each engagement, you kind of paddle out of the stream and you're creating life on your own terms, but uh, on purpose by your own design. And so you're always in the infinite, but you get these new islands, these new experiences, these new things that pop up based on your um, experience and your values. And so um, it's a very interesting uh, process, but uh, you know, you kind of let go of an old world and you're able to bridge the gap to a new world that you've created. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm living that one too. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. It took a few years to get here, but a lot of people put a uh, weight on, you know, my life purpose. It's got to be something heavy. It's got to be something that, you know, makes this huge impact. W- what advice do you have for those folks? Yeah, exactly. You're right. Um, you know, anything that um, is uniquely your life purpose or your life um, direction is going to be of service to other people, you know? And so that impact is not up to you. Like ideally it's big and it's beautiful and it's grand. And the most important thing is to get to your empowerment. And like you just said, it takes a few years. That's why your why and your understanding is so important. And it's not an end goal. You know, I give the example of Conor McGregor. You know, he's in Ireland and he's, you know, working these jobs. He wants to make it to the UFC. He makes it to the UFC. He wins two titles. He's never, you know, he's visualized that his whole entire life. Then he starts his brand and this company. Now you'd be like, whoa, the two titles is done. Like that's my life purpose is to live or, or to, you know, become a two-time UFC champion then it's complete. No, it's not complete because he just had a, uh, I think he had a daughter and it's changed his frame. And now he realizes, oh, from that step, what am I going to create now? And so it's just consciously engaging in the direction. And the example that I like to give is, you know, if you can be whole and complete, harmonious and full and self, full of self-love with where you are now in the process, um, with a um, true and honest intention of how you want to grow. That's, that's designed by you. So, you know, I have a daughter now, she's 18 months and, you know, is she good enough when she can, um, you know, walk or is she good enough when she's in kindergarten or is she good enough when she's in high school or is she good enough when she graduates college or university or does her own thing? Is she good enough when she starts her own business? Is she good enough when she gets her own house and she's 25? Is she good enough when she gets married and, you know, sells her business for a million dollars at whatever age, right? It's never ending. (laughs) 
So yeah. if there's anything outside of you that prevents you from being content with what you have, with what you know, with what you've done, with what you're working on, that thing will morph into infinite other things. Yeah. It can't be one thing. It has to be no thing. And so if you can be content, just like a flower, you know, it starts as a seed. Well, you know, he's not good enough as a seed. And then the flower goes up and it's like, pops his head. It's like, oh, I'm good enough now because I'm out from the the soil. And that's like, oh, now I'm good enough because I got these two leaves sprouted. Oh, but I'm not going to be good enough until I flower. Right. So Uh just really just being content with that process. But the thing is, are you creating where you're going? Right. And that's how we merge with, um, you know, I feel like for me, I love the yin yang or yin yang symbol where it's both it's surrender and creation. So are you creating deliberately by your design? Does it lift you up? Are you inspired to create that? If you are and you can enjoy the process and you're listening to the universe and you're watching these signs, you're going to be led. And all the big decisions I've done in my life, I've always been led and I know what the next thing I'm going to do is like when I was in Sedona, uh, Nassim Haramine came there and he goes, you know, we're going to do a trip to Egypt. And I was like, oh my God, I need to go on that trip. But it was like a $12,000 trip and I didn't have that kind of resource. And I was able to manifest a way to go on that trip to Egypt. You know, there, when yeah. I had the offer to the, to go with the native American elder, I had uh, a $27,000 loan that was done and uh, $4,000 left on my credit card. And that's all the money I had. And I was doing the podcast full time. And, you know, I did coaching, but it was up and down because I just focused on the podcast and my travel, and my research mostly for basically, you know, all my life, I've just dedicated to research and experience and study, you know, the, I just need yeah. enough money to go do that. And so I knew I needed to go and I booked the ticket and it ended up being like 4,300 bucks. When I get to Maine, I get three clients immediately that pay up front for three grand they're exactly who the people I want to work for. Um, and then, uh, I'm basically able to, um, fund all of my travels and I pay off my credit card and it gets sorted because I knew for sure the direction that I needed to go in and I watched the universe respond. And so you start in little ways watching the universe do that. And then you'll be more, um, trustworthy in bigger ways that, uh, you know, the universe will respond and, and support your vision because the universe wants you to be you. Because that is harmonious with the environment. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Now, you mentioned something a little earlier on, um, let's see, what was it? Quantum heart hypnosis. Can you share a little bit more about that? I have never heard of that. Yeah. So I'd love to. So, you know, again, when I did, when I did all these studies about how to manifest and all this, right, people just aren't sure what they really want to create. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's such a a challenge for people to really get clear. Well, when I did that first experience for my buddy, who's so analytical, if I said, you know, what would you have if you could have anything? He'd be like more savings or something silly, you know? (laughs) Um, And so that's why I did the, uh, I just off prompt to, you know, impromptu meditation with him because I've been doing hypnosis, guided meditation, visualization, you know, I know all that kind of stuff. And they're all variations of, of guided meditations. That's all it is, you know, bringing him back into this inner world. So I, I, I helped him go through the process in the middle of it, he starts crying. And so I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And he's like, man, that was one of the most profound experiences I've ever had. So I started doing it because I was like, this is something like, I don't know of anything out there that's exactly like this. And so 
you know, for the first 10 people I did it with, I think seven or eight of the first uh, people cried and most of them were men. Um, one of them apparently popped out of their body and one of them had some sort of healing. Now it has nothing to do with me. I'm not special. All it was, was the experience that they went through was profound for them because it's the intent of the experience that I, I was crafting. So my intent was connect to your wisdom, to the information that your heart wants to tell you. And you need to shut off the brain because the brain is doing its job keeping you alive. So when you drive and you cross the street, it's keeping you alive. That's, you know, it's keeping, it's doing the daily tasks. It's making sure you got money on the bank. That's what the brain's job is. But we are not taught how to go into our hearts. So the heart hypnosis, and it's a series now that teaches you and trains you to go into your heart to seek the answers that you need to know. And so we need to lead with our hearts and build and organize and problem solve with our minds. We can't do it in reverse. And that's what 99% of people are doing. They're leading with their heads and what's the practical choice? What's the right choice, right? And they're leaving their heart behind, but that's not who you truly are. That's not what you truly want to do. You lead with the heart first and you get the mind to problem solve. And when you're in that space and it's just a guided meditation space with that intention for you to connect to your wisdom as you, the master, no outside master, it's you, your heart's wisdom you get a feeling, a visceral feeling and a visceral knowing of the direction of what's required. But when you pop out of that, it's like, okay, now here's the challenge because now I'm engaged in the world. But now I have this um, more uh, potent energy because I felt it. That's where I'm going. And that's what we need. We need to get back to that feeling and that soul and that spirit and that spark. That's within us because it, that's what's required to problem solve and endure the challenges of the 3D mental world that we live in. But at the end of the day, when you engage in it, it is always 100% worth it. You know, nobody regrets going for, um, you know, who they truly are and what's most important to them. They regret by not doing those things. And if, uh, you know, one of my old podcasts with the five invitations with Frank Ostaseski, it's a fantastic book about death and dying and what the regrets are, right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody regrets going for this. I wish I went for it. You know, we don't, we don't test our limits, right? We don't, we don't test what we're capable of. We kind of like, we do the safe thing. And one of the things I like to do with my clients sometimes is we're chatting and I say, okay, just imagine right now you're blind, right? You all of a sudden are blind and five years from now you're blind and you've got $10 million in the bank. Um, but I say to you, hey, um, you have an option right now. I'm going to give you your sight back right now. You can see. Um, but if you do that, you're going to actually be $10,000 in debt and uh, you know, you you're going to lose all your wealth, right? But you'll get your site back. And then, or the other option is you can keep your wealth. Which one do you want? And hundred percent people say, I want my site back. So yeah. all of us have it. Well, most, not all of us, because some people might be listening without their site, right? But it's, it's amazing that the tools that we have, we don't engage fully into what our capabilities are. And that's the invitation I give to people. It's like, who are you really? Because you got to give yourself 10, 20, 30 years to live a legacy. And you got to put yourself through the apprenticeship phase and all that kind of stuff. And when you do, you're living life on purpose by your own design. And I think it's the most beautiful thing you can do. And that impact will have a grand impact over time right? 10, 20, 30, 40 years, but you just start and you do what you can that day. Yeah. So, and it'll be like a snowball going downhill. (laughs) 100%. Yep. Yeah. So along those lines, what are some of the product and services that you provide that people can learn more about? 
Yeah. So first the resource um, is the podcast. So there's 450 plus episodes with absolutely outstanding guests from around the world. So that is always free all the time. Um, and it's an amazing resource. Um, I wrote a book Zen athlete years ago, which, which is amazing. And I still recommend every entrepreneur and uh, artist and any, anybody seeking self mastery, check it out because it is simple, practical tools for self mastery. So you could do Zen athlete, um, just switch music, business, whatever. It's going to be the tools you need. Um, there's the Soul Compass course that you can get if you become a member um, of my uh, academy and podcast because there's a lot of great uh, membership content in there and it's a fantastic course. I highly recommend people check that out. And the deepest dive would be um, joining the Atomic Alchemy Mastermind that I created this year because I've done a lot of one-on-one coaching with a lot of different people. I still do that and I've worked with CEOs and athletes and all these different things. But most of the people who reach out, they they want to know what their life purpose is. They want to live it and they want to engage in tools for self-mastery. And so what I created this year was this mastermind coaching group where we're going through it together, where you have all the tools, all the resources, all the coaching. Um, but you also, it's like a dojo, right? Cause I'm very uh, heavily influenced by martial arts and the collective of people that you're in. And so when you go to train in martial arts, it's all about the partners. It's all about the, um, the spirit that you bring in there. And so since doing that, it's been really amazing and transformative for people. And so that was the way that I felt like I could um, help the most amount of people and give them the most profound um, uh, education because you've got the education in that. And then you've got the one-on-one still, but you've also got this very empowering group of like-minded people that are cheering you on. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about if you do train in martial arts or something like that, you really understand what that's like. And that's what a lot of people are are missing. Even when I train one-on-one, which I still do, do, um, you know, that group aspect is like, oh, because we all have wisdom. We, every single one, that's what the Native American, uh, David Lone Bear Senapas would, he would do. He would do these uh, circles um, called T's and everybody would speak on a subject like, uh, what's kindness to you? What's compassion to you? And you have all these random people and they wouldn't even be spiritual. They wouldn't even be like, you know, per se, right? Like, oh, this is a guy who has a spiritual podcast or this guy who wrote a spiritual book, right? Like whatever that is. Um, yeah. So just regular people. And, you know, I feel like because of the podcast and my work and my books, I feel like I could write a pretty good thing on compassion and kindness and things like that. Well, each time we did this circle, what would come out from the group of people on kindness or on compassion or on uh, dealing with life struggles was infinitely more profound than I could write by myself with like six months or a year's time with the group's wisdom. And so that's the whole uh, thing that I'm using as well. There is like using the group's wisdom. So we all encourage each other to get to that next level in this meaningful growth, not 10 X. So you can, you know, get this and this one, nothing wrong with it. If you want a 10 X, but it's more like 10 X with a Zen perspective, super (laughs) contentment, super self-love, super spirituality, super grounded with your environment and nature. And how do I connect and fully realize myself? with a community that I'm in here and also in the community that I'm in with the world because often we want to change the world, but start with yourself and your family and your friends and your immediate circle. That is so important. That's the most important thing. And uh, often I feel like we forget about that as a, a spiritual um, group or hive mind. You know, I see that we, we forget that. And um, the indigenous teachers really taught me to be like, hey, you know, how was your family? How was your mother today? 
you know, how is your brother? How, how are your yeah. friends? And, uh, you know, cause we want to help every single person. Right. So it really grounds it out. And, uh, you know, if anybody's interested in that, I'd love to have them in the group. And I always let people join to test it out. You know, you're welcome to a call, uh, to experience it. And, and I'm just here to support. So there's many levels. Um, and, uh, you know, all of it will, will serve and support the need for, you know, what you want to do if you're, in engaging in either self mastery or our life purpose and fami- fulfillment, um, there's some great resources for you. Oh yeah, well, and so I'm almost because you've you provided so many resources and so much advice. I almost hate to ask for your final piece of advice. <laughs> oh yeah, well, you know, I was glad. I'm glad you asked. Um, you know, good. The final piece of advice is the best spiritual teaching I've ever learned, and again, it's from one of my indigenous teachers, David Lombert Senapas. And uh, you know, I've read a lot of spiritual books and done all that kind of stuff. And for me, this this one is is the best, and it is do three kind acts a day go out of your way to do it and don't tell anyone, you know, all the spiritual books are great. Meditation's great. Uh, you know, enlightenment and Zen and all the personal development you can do is fantastic. And if we do, if we actually did three kind acts a day, went out of our way to do it and didn't tell anyone, like, it's not like, Oh, look what I did today. You know, that's Mm -hmm. how we change the world. Yeah. You know, and I, every podcast, I invite people to, do, to take the kindness challenge to do that for seven days. And, and often I say, you'll get what I refer to as a universal wink. Something weird will happen that you know that it's the universe responding to you. And uh, David Lombard gave me like an hour and a half lecture of what happens because we're electrical, you know, our bodies are electrical. And yeah. when you actually do the act of kindness, um, you're creating an electrical charge. But then when you go spout about it, you're losing that electrical charge. So that's why you don't Mm -hmm. tell anyone. Plus, it's just the right thing to do because you're not doing it for, uh, you know, look at how cool I am, that kind of defeats the purpose. Um, But if we all did that, how fast would we change the world? Like, you know, global meditation, I'm very curious about what would be possible if we all harmonized. Um, But but the day-to-day action, uh, he would also say, you know, so many of you are so heavenly minded, but you're no earthly good. You forget oh, about yeah. your families, you, you know, you're, you're rushing to your yoga class past these 10 homeless people that need uh, your help. And, you know, he taught me to like stop and, and get their names and talk to them. And, um, you know, it, it really just changed my perspective on how, you know, how I could be, you know, spiritual, but in, in, in day to day on the ground, on the feet grounded. And it's a very humble path. It's not a shiny path. It's a very real path. And it's uh, it really connects you to the earth. And I think, I feel like it's very beautiful. And from there we can go to the stars. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you. I really appreciate the invite. This has been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> If you'd like to learn more about Matt, visit his website at mattbelair.com. That's M-A-T-T-B-E-L-A-I-R.com. Interested in expanding your employee development program? Visit ChristinaEans.com to look at the many workshops Christina has available for you.